Yeah. Check it out. See, the only thing you need to do right here is snarl your freaking head. boy it's episode 150 and this is the fantasy football auctioneer podcast the fantasy football auctioneer podcast is the official podcast the fantasyfootballauction.com the internet's only website dedicated to fantasy football auctions so for you guys tonight we're going to take a really early look at this 2017 rookie class and how it applies to your auction coming into this year but of course our experts they're always here Slim, I got one thing to say. This is episode 150, kind of like Canada's 150. What does that number 150 mean to you, buddy? Will the real Slim Sadie please stand up? I repeat, will the real Slim Sadie please stand up? We're going to have a problem here. Well, first off, we're analysts, not experts. (laughs) Sorry, you're right. And I even have it on there and I'm not even reading it. I didn't know. Well, I know you're messed up. You're I am the I'm at rhythm. I told you that. You have a very hilted, jilted way of talking. Uh, <laughs> One fifty, yeah. No, it's pretty epic. Uh, I've been doing it for a while. Feels pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Hey, and uh, you heard the uh, little giggle in the back blister. I uh, <laughs> I broke open the Iron Maiden Trooper. For episode 150 tonight, Blister, what do you think about 150? I can't believe it's 150. It took us a while to get here. We were uh, trying to get going here for a few weeks, and uh, we took the took the winter off, you could say, because uh, it's a slower time, obviously, for auctioning. But now that's we got my winter uh, coat on, as you can see. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's why I don't want the camera to pan down too low here. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, we're we're pumped. We're, we've been we've been we we haven't left football. We just haven't been on air talking about it. We've been doing a lot of stuff and drafting and uh, trying to trade picks for our upcoming rookie drafts. So we've been pretty busy and staying on top of things. All right, and uh, one fifty and me talking about beer. It's like uh, um, it's like curling. It's three beers from me at curling. One fifty. So that's what I'll say. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, anyways, we got a good show for you tonight. We're going to talk about the rookie class, so let's get things rolling. If you guys are ready, then I'm ready. Let's cock the hammer. It's time for action. Guys, that's what we're going to take a look at here, and we've been looking at it a lot for Dynasty because right now we're getting ready for uh, rookie drafts. Blister and I have already done one. We have our big one coming up with our friends and family this weekend. So we're looking at Dynasty, which is a little bit of a different way of looking at it than redraft. But we do have rookie fever going on. So, uh, so I'm just going to throw this one to you first. Like, What are some general rules you kind of have about drafting rookies um, in your redraft auctions? Um, I typically don't, to be honest. Um I try to stay away from receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks, obviously. I think innately a lot of people do that. I shouldn't say a lot. There are some people, like you mentioned, rookie fever. I think some people do get it. Running backs is a little more of a different beast. 
So I think you can be more free to uh, take some flyers on them. And I I, I don't want to even say flyers because some of them aren't flyers. I think we'll probably get into this down the road as we pod more, but uh, we just did our rankings and put them on the site. We'll check out the site. We've all got them up there. Um, Rankings, I I personally kind of dislike doing them. One, for the time, but two, because it's such a an arbitrary way to try and for anybody, I don't care who you are to try and put a value on a player. Like how can you say right. that this player is number 10 and feel great about that? Like I can look at my rankings and this is half the battle. I have, I fight to just shut everything off and avoid going back to them for a long time because um, I could sit there every 10 minutes and go back. And then I did it tonight when we, we're waiting to podcast. I started tweaking my running back rankings. I just did them the other day. Because every time I look, I think, ah, you know what? I think this guy could go up two spots. And at the end of the day, what's two spots? Who cares? Who's that accurate? (laughs) Anything even close to that. But, I mean, I get it. It gives people a a little bit of a placeholder uh, for where certain guys should be slotted. But I found... Um, some running backs kind of sneaking into the top. I don't want to say it's the Ezekiel Elliott effect by any means because I think he was um, kind of a very rare case last year, but I do think um, it's the position in general. We've got three studs this year, and then after that, it is just bleh, wide open. Uh, RB0 isn't dead. We're, right after those three, it's it's RB zero mania. So it's a matter of where does Leonard Fournette fall, where does McCaffrey fall, where does Delvin Cook fall, um, and we're going to have to see how that goes as the summer progresses. And so, Blister, taking a look at rookies, kind of right now, do you have any general rules around redrafting rookies? Well, yeah, a lot along the line of what Slim said. You get the hype because, especially if you're in a dynasty league, like. We mentioned this, I think, off air, but it was good. I, I would recommend anybody in a redraft league to try a dynasty league because then you stay on top of everything. You you're familiar with who who was signing free agency. You're you're kind of familiar with whose value went up, whose value went down. Because when you go to your auction, that's pretty important. You know, if you have, uh, you know, um, you know Latavius Murray, for example, getting moved to uh, Minnesota, and then they draft Delvin Cook. So, you know. It, some people have Delvin Cook being the starter by the time the season rolls around, but he's still behind a kind of a crappy offensive line. But Latavius Murray was signed too, so you know all these things. You kind of you stay on top of that. Not only the rookie draft, but the free agencies and all the changes. And some people's values go up, some people's values go down. And I'll I'll write a little article on that right away too. Um, but yeah, when it comes to when it comes to redraft, your rookies, like Slim says. You, there's sometimes a lot of hype. You see how what Zeke Elliott did last year. He's probably going to drive the price of some of these running backs up. But typically, I won't spend a lot of money on a rookie in a in a redraft in our big auction. You know, I might right. take some flyers later on for some cheaper guys that potentially maybe they could be starting by week six or week eight, and you know, maybe I'll let them sit on my bench. I did that with David Johnson a couple of years ago, and it really helped me in the playoff run. So there's yeah, opportunities. Yeah, there's opportunities like that where. I'd rather take a couple guys like that. Maybe it's Samashi Pirine or, uh, maybe it's Dante Foreman or, or guys like that. Marlon Mack. Maybe it, you know, maybe they, you spend a buck on two or three of those guys and then, you know, wait, just wait patiently till their turn comes. 
So, Slim, if we stay on the strategy uh, around rookies and this rookie fever we were just talking about, um, does that do you, do you take that rookie fever into account when you're doing things like nominating during the live auction? I do because I know I'm fading a lot of those guys. And part of me, I want to nominate guys that I don't necessarily want. So, yeah, I would probably nominate Leonard Fournette early this year. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm probably going to nominate Joe Mixon very early this year because I yeah. don't think Joe Mixon's going to do a heck of a lot this year. I think he's going right. to has the potential to be pretty awesome down the road, but uh, this year I'm not a I don't want to invest a lot of money in a, in a redraft dynasty. Different story, but right. Um, so yeah, I typically try and nominate some of those guys. I'm probably never drafting a, a rookie wide receiver or tight end on my team. So yep, especially later in a draft, I will nominate rookie wide receivers because hey, someone will spend three bucks on that guy. Um, that's three bucks that I don't have to fight with you about to get right. some of the depth pieces that I want to fill up my roster. So. Yeah, definitely nominate them. Okay, so now speaking of that, uh, and Joe Mixon, Blister, Slim brings up a good point looking at this dynasty-wise versus redraft-wise. Like a guy like Mixon in, in dynasty, you know, he's arguably a top three or four pick, depending on where you're thinking McCaffrey's probably sitting, let's say. But in redraft, Blister, like, who are some rookies that you think could make an impact this year that you would look at that changes your, you know, changes from dynasty? Well, some of the rookies I mentioned earlier, we already mentioned McCaffrey, Fournette, Mixon, and Cook. But guys like Kareem Hunt, he's probably going to be just behind Spencer Ware. Um, some people, you know, I mean, it's between now and September when the season starts, a lot of things can happen. A lot of guys can go down with injury. Uh, some, yeah. some could fortunately find themselves in a starting role through default quicker than earning it even. So a lot of guys, you know, they have to prove that they can play, but, uh, Samaji Pirine, Samaji Pirine in Easy Washington. Yeah. And, uh, he's one that, you know, they're talking highly about. Um, another one is our Marlon Mack. I mean, Frank Gore is 34 years old. Uh, Joel Williams was moved. They moved up in a draft to take Joel Williams in, in San Francisco. Jamal Williams in Green Bay is another guy that you want to keep an eye on. Dante Foreman in Houston is another one that you'd keep an eye on. And then, you know, as it gets down, James Conner in uh, Pittsburgh, I think, is another guy yeah. that you might want to keep an eye on because it's really just Le'Veon Bell and him. And then with Le'Veon Bell with suspensions and injuries, I mean, there's a chance James Conner could start some games this year. So those are all kind of guys that you're really going to watch between now and your draft in August or July or, or even early September because – there's quite a few guys that potentially, I mean, that's one thing with rookie running backs. They have, you know, if they get to start, they're going to get touches. And, and with a receiver and tight end and quarterback, like Slim said, there's really, there's a lot more uh, uncertainty and a lot, there's just not a level of production that they can achieve because they're not automatically guaranteed touches like a running right. back is. So if I was going to spend more than a dollar on a rookie, it would be only on a running back. All right. How about, how about you, Slim? Is there, um, guys that you're seeing in this rookie class that could make an impact this year. I know you say you don't typically gonna draft a rookie, but obviously for the right price you'll you'll draft the right guy. So anyone on this list? Um sorry, did you say running back? Or just any anybody, rookie rookie in general. Well I think the obvious candidates, the two obvious guys are Fournette and McCaffrey. I mean Fournette 
I don't necessarily love the situation, uh, but I think we could go through every rookie that was drafted and find flaws in where they were drafted to. For sure. But, I mean, the volume appears like it's going to be there, and volume can uh, be a big factor, obviously, in scoring fantasy points. So do I think that he's necessarily going to score a ton of touchdowns? Eh, not really, but I think he's going to get a lot of touches. Now it's going to be up to him to with what he can do with those touches in that offensive line. This is where I think it hurts him. Um, I don't think he's – I think he might struggle a little bit in terms of big plays and stuff like that. And this is where I have him and McCaffrey kind of neck and neck. Um, I don't mind McCaffrey's situation. I know some people really disliked it out of the, at the start. I – I want to see how Carolina is going to show a willingness to get him the ball. I mean, I don't think you spend that kind of draft capital on a player like that and not get him the ball. But are you going to get him the ball where he is best suited to excel? That's the question. Uh, Carolina has never really shown uh, a real propensity for throwing nice to the running backs. Thank you. Uh, I try and flex the vernacular once in a while. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Cut him with the one too. Um yeah. <laughs> but Sorry. you know, if they can get him the ball in space, like if Cam Newton shows that he can you know, dump off short little passes, I think then obviously McCaffrey and PPR leagues especially is going to be um you know, he should flirt with low end R B one numbers, I think, pretty easily. So um yeah, those to me are the two guys right now that I feel the most comfortable taking in a redraft, though. Blister, what about Corey Davis? I mean, he's got to be wide receiver one in Tennessee already, isn't he? I think he'd be a nice pick. Um, you know, he might be your, our wide receiver three, but uh, I think uh, it's a bit of a gamble there. I mean, um, there's a lot of people there that spread the ball around. DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry should get a lot of touches, and that's running. Delaney Walker is going to get a lot of catches. Rashard Matthews is there. I mean, there's a lot of hope. I, I really think he should be your probably your first pick in dynasty, but in redraft, I would, I would still be hesitant to you know to spend more than a couple bucks on him. You know, just before we go on to different yes. positions, I want to. I just want to give a, a good article I just read. Uh, it was on FF Today. Shout out to a, a good website, in my opinion, C. Schwartz, uh, writer. He looked whether any running back, uh, rookie running back in, in 2017 could be an RB1. And there's a lot of factors that obviously come into it, but they needed a, the, the magical number of touches and rushes they would need was 222 minimum. And he looked back over the last 10 years and about, it looks like last year you would have had to get about 209 fantasy points to be around the top. RB1. That would have put you between Melvin Gordon and Jordan Howard. Um, but it looks like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, only about seven in the last ten years rookie running backs would have made that number. Zeke last year, Doug Martin, Alfred Morris, Matt Forte, Adrian Peterson, Steve Slayton, and then Eddie Ooh, Lacey. Steve Slayton. Chris Johnson would have been on the bubble at 200. Somebody's playing in the CFL? Or? Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> It, it, from his factors, you know, do they do they know? Can they pick up the system? Can uh, can they um, stay healthy? Do they got a good offensive line? And are they in a running back by committee? Four fairly significant factors. It's really doesn't look 
too promising that any of them maybe make RB1 status this year even. So there could be points in the seat, like overall, like from, from week one through the end of the season, do they finish as RB top 12? Quite possibly no. Um, if they end up starting for your team from week six on, for, for example, maybe from that point on, they're a, a significant contributor. But if you go into the, into your auction thinking that, oh, I'm going to just pick up Fournette right now and he's going to be, you could be Zeke from last year or whatever. Well, that doesn't happen a lot. So you can't really bank on it and you definitely shouldn't be spending, you know, RB1 money like you would probably spend on David Johnson or Zeke on these rookies because it's a pretty big gamble and a pretty big risk of a, a significant portion of your auction dollars. Slim, any uh, rebuttal there? Well, I mean, I agree with the premise. I really do. I just think the NFL is different. I mean, tell me 12 running backs right now then that aren't rookies that aren't in timeshare. It's, it's the, the running back position to me is changing. And this is why I found it hard to rank running backs. I mean, yes, it's David Johnson, Levy and Bell, Zeke Elliott. There you go. Um, but then after that, I mean, you kind of get in this tier of Melvin Gordon, LaShawn McCoy, uh, but then, you know, even Devontae Freeman, huh? He's got Kevin Coleman there. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a hard time ranking Jordan Howard super high, but somebody has to fill that top 12. Um, yeah. J.H.I., I don't necessarily like him a lot, but again, yeah, he's, well, we all got him on our top 12. Like, yeah. somebody, it's, to me, it's more a case of someone has to be there. Um, yeah. and I can't put Todd Gurley in there personally. I, like, St. Louis is just that bad. Um, can't put Carlos Hyde up in there. Um, so for me, I have Fournette and McCaffrey both as low-end RB1s. Um, yeah, I realize we're probably there's a lot of hair splitting that can take place in that area. There's going to be a lot of... And it's early, early, early. It's going to be... Guys are going to be packed tightly in that tier, but I mean, I'm not putting Lamar Miller back in there like he would have been last year. Um, so there's just some guys like that that I... Again, to me, it's just more about somebody has to fill these spots. And this is why I had a hell of a time um, when I sat down to do RB rankings. This was the hardest one for me. Um, wide receivers is tough, too, just because there's so many of them uh, that are that are talented. Yeah. But here it was just how do I differentiate between all these guys? Um, and I think we'll get into it here as we start talking about rookies. This is these when we get into some of these later guys that you should maybe look at as rookies, um, it's why, you know, why is Marlon Mack going to be maybe a better play this year than uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else, Joe Williams or something like that, or, or James Conner and stuff like that. And this is where you're going to have to try and differentiate what these guys bring to the table, not just even in skill, but just what type of role does the team expect from them? Because if you can get... Uh, catch passes or score touchdowns, goal line touches, then you've got value. And who can do those things? Uh, that's why you'll see Mark Ingram probably shift the bed this year because tell me his role in New Orleans. He's, Adrian <laughs> yeah. Peterson is there to be that between the tackles pounder and they drafted Kamara to catch all the passes. Um, so how does Mark Ingram get a lot of touches and what kind of leverage uh, does he have to score fantasy points? So those are the things I think you're going to have to really look at this year uh, with rookies. And 
which ones you want to gamble on, and maybe wait and try and pick up off of waivers? Um, that's why I'm happy that we're doing the dynasty draft. Then I can just shift that brain, that part of my brain for rookies into um, redraft mode because it's you have to look at it so much different, just like you guys have both been saying. But names I didn't hear you guys bring up, and a name I thought you guys might bring up is Njoku. I thought maybe because of his situation and there not being a whole lot of options for him there that maybe he might be somebody at the tight end position you'd be looking at. Yeah, I thought we were just talking about running backs, but uh, no, tight yeah. ends worry me because they don't often produce great uh, in their first year or two in the NFL. They really have to be good blockers first. So um, often they come in with a lot of hype, and, and it takes a while for them to, to develop. It's one of the tougher jobs, I think, to, to learn and to get the, all the blocking down, and a lot of times they're asked to do that. You look at Najoku, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the scariest part there is I mean, it's the jump to the NFL, but also the quarterback situation could be a little yeah. scary. Um, it hasn't been that great there for a while, though, and Barnage put up some pretty decent numbers last year. Uh, the fact that they let Barnage go also is a vote of confidence for him. Um, but it, like you say, it's between now and the start of the season is a long way uh, off, and who knows what could happen. You look at other guys like O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard, I think, caught only seven touchdown passes in his entire college career. So all of a sudden, I know he's got so much hype coming, going into the NFL. He's got a lot of, I mean, that's a big jump to go from just seven in college and whatever he had four years to come into the NFL and suddenly become a seven a season kind of guy if you're expecting that. Uh, and then Evan Ingram too, they, they got Brandon Marshall, Shepard and, o, and, uh, and Odell Beckham. I mean, how many passes how many are they going to, you know, uh, what are they going to do there? They're going to, so, I mean, it's, there's a lot of question marks at tight end, and I think last year Hunter Henry, actually, you guys looking at something, he didn't have a ton of catches, but he was looked at in the red zone quite a bit. And, um, you know, some of his stats were uh, right up there with, like, his percentage of targets and percentage of catches and percentage of the touchdowns and stuff for a rookie. You know, there's only a couple or a few that were better as a rookie tight end. And, you know, he, he had a decent year, um, but still it was only around 30-some catches. Eight touchdowns is the big thing. Uh, mostly red zone targets, so uh, it's not a lot of production for a 16-game season, but hopefully it improves, but he was by far the best tight end in that class last year. This year has a little more depth, they say, but I don't expect yeah. big things out of them this year. Okay. Um, anything anything about Njoku uh, Slim or anyone else for that matter you want to add there? Um, well, again, it's kind of like Blister said. I, to me, there's just so many decent tight ends, too. I if I have to spend $5, I don't want to spend it on a rookie then. I mean, I could right. probably get uh, Eric Ebron or maybe Martellus Bennett or, um, I don't know, kind of Kyle Rudolph or something like that, <laughs> yeah. like for that same price. And I will take the veteran um, just about every time. So it's not that I don't think Njoku is – a stud in the making, I think he definitely is, but I just don't know in year one if I'm ready with big question marks of quarterback, um, how much I can anticipate him contributing. I mean, I think he will have contributions, don't get me wrong. It's just, I don't know if there's going to be volume there. We have yet to see exactly what it's going to look like. Right. Okay, well, so if I was going to recap what we've said, um, 
we don't love rookies in a redraft. Uh, work on the rookie fever, maybe give them some nominations early, especially the big names to flush out some money. And then like Slim, I like that idea later on in the draft, throwing out those guys so that they get up bid just a little bit to take advantage of the rookie fever. And then uh, also to, you have to pay attention to it like it's redraft and maybe don't read so many dynasty articles or at least apply those principles to your redraft because some guys that might produce this year might not be the top end guys in dynasty rankings. So you really have to pay attention to it as, as redraft and shut off that dynasty brain. Is that about to sum it up guys? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think we might've talked a bit about it too, but I guess like when you're going into your auction draft, and, you know, you're looking at, uh, drafting Kelly in Washington and Samaj P. Ryan is there. You know, as it gets up to a certain dollar value, you might suddenly become a little uncomfortable spending that much knowing that there could be a guy knocking on the door. Lamar Miller, Dante Foreman, different things like that. Cream Hunt, right. Spencer Ware, like guys that are probably the starters, but they're not like, they're not a Zeke Elliott. They're not super stud. And there's quite the potential for these young, shiny new toys that come in to, to start stealing carry some, potentially even steal their job. So, you know, when you go in, you want, if you can get a bunch of RB1s on your roster, you're happy because, like we said earlier, they're getting the touches. But all of a sudden, you have to really be conscious of, okay, if I'm going to get this guy, then maybe I stop at this dollar value or I really try hard to get this potential backup because then I still, if I take, uh, um, Spencer Ware and I grab Cream Hunt later. The least that I still probably should have a starter, but it's going to take uh, you two roster spots to get one starter now instead of right. two roster spots for two starters. Right. And uh, Slim, one thing we didn't mention, we didn't even mention a quarterback name. Is there even anybody if you take the quote unquote JJ late round quarterback philosophy that you could take a stab at? Nope, I'm not. Um, I. I'm not ready to hang my hat on any of these guys that were in this draft class anyway. Um, so, yeah, I am avoiding everybody right now, especially, but probably even come when we draft at the end of August, I'll be draft, I'll be avoiding every rookie quarterback. Um, to me, there's just no point. Blister, same point? Yeah, I can't see you taking any of them. Maybe, maybe in a best ball 2QB, you draft one hoping that that's your that's your uh you Real know deep somewhere there. down the road. but yeah i can't imagine taking uh monica Lewinsky or oh, I mean, <laughs> whoa, Mitchell whoa, Trubisky. Whoa. whoa 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 it's a whole different league now on uh, that on i that, still can't believe the bears did that but whatever on that yeah. note blister um i've got my buddies in my other dynasty league talking they're watching live and oh. I do love this tag, this tagline. Get cozy and talk fantasy football with Blister. They just love, <laughs> love that you're laying in bed watching it. And, uh, well. then you bring up Monica Lewinsky. It just really <laughs> all fits together, right? <laughs> uh, no, let's pick up a pants on. <laughs> all right. So, um, that, I think we've said all we need to say about rookies, especially, uh, in the end of May. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Or? Uh, no, I don't know. There's specific things guys want to ask about. Um, like I said, they can feel free to check out our rankings. I think uh, we've got them all in there. You can see who each of us like, maybe don't like. Um, 
Don't sleep on Richard Matthews, boys. There you go. Um, so the website, thefantasyfootballauction.com, if you click on fantasy football player rankings, all three of us have our rankings up there. Blister, next time you update, uh, put the date on top too so we can see when the latest and greatest is. So just yeah. like I that did that part. last time, I thought. Yeah, I know. This time it's not there. Or on the one page I'm on right now, it's not on there. I don't know. I'm on well, uh, running backs. I went to one page too, and it wasn't even updated. I had to go into a different spot. Oh, so well, I'm on the actual website, so... And uh, did you guys like how I kind of reformatted that? Uh, uh, not that you go to the site very often, I'm sure, because you just actually have the spreadsheet. But the the tabs across the top now versus the bottom, I was pretty proud that uh, learning my HTML a little bit here. Did you update it with the, I added a whole bunch of players? Uh, yeah, well, it's just automatically. As soon as you do it, Blister, it's live on the internet. I thought that auction values, not auction values. Not auction values, player rankings. Maybe just maybe just throw up the the. It's 2016. The what? The who? Just throw out the address there. All right. So it's thefantasyfootballauction.com backslash player dash rankings would get you right to it. Um, We do have auction values up, but those are from last year and are actually pretty interesting to look at because if you want to take a look at. What, where we thought guys should be going and then you can reflect back on your auction because you're taking notes during your auction because that's what you should be doing and uh, seeing how all that kind of fit in the, the preview of last year's or the review I guess of last year's members areas on there as well I've also um, reposted some older strategy articles that are listed at the top so it just kind of goes through um, some basic auction strategies. Not that uh, they've got current names, but the you know the strategies still stay the same. So you can check those out too. And um, now that we've got episode 150 in the bag, guys, we're going to uh, be cranking out a little bit more content, uh, fast and furious. I think, eh? Absolutely. The blister's just been on it too, and I love it. I love it. Also, I love, I love shared with you, shared with you, bang, bang, bang. So uh, we've got the. Um, Division, the division previews, I guess, coming up. We'll start hitting some of those in the next few pods, guys. Yeah, that sounds good. Yes. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, if you guys don't have anything else to add, I guess uh, we'll shut this baby down. That was episode 150, guys. Um, the Trooper, he likes it. Um, the Penguins. They won. They like it. I had to do it just because I said we weren't going to do it. Um, and uh, the guys in the Dynasty chat room that I have going Blister love getting cozy with Blister. I can't wait to see what the, artwork, what the artwork's going to be for this pod. And, yeah, what the kimono Some, you're wearing next week. Somebody in a, snu- in a snuggie. Next week, <laughs> oh, candles. Nice. Candles and a cigar you're next romp week. Him? Candles and the cigar. Yeah. Awesome. All right. All right, guys. So uh, you can follow Slim at Slim Friend VP. That's the number four. You can follow Blister at Mr. Blister. There's no E in there. And you can follow me at Uncle Buckets. That's two T's. None of this uh, underscore NFL business for us. And if you just want to uh, follow us all, it's pretty easy to do at Fantasy Auction. So uh, for you two guys and everybody else, we'll see you when it's springtime. In the Rockies. When it's springtime in the Rockies.
I'll be coming back.